Hello and welcome to the Sunday, August 15th edition of Baby Talk. I'm your host, Peter Thomas Fornital, back with you. Funny thing that happened today, just the way the schedule worked out. We bookend the day with recordings of Baby Talk. We're recording this on Friday. We did the Saturday show first thing in the morning. We close out the workday with a look at these Sunday races, which I've had the pleasure of grinding on uh, throughout the day today. And to talk about them here with me, we bring in from Gainesway, Sean Tugel. Sean, how was your day? Hot, deep, but we're ready to uh, to knock out these Sunday uh, baby races and, and pretty big day of racing across the country with a lot of juvenile races. So they look yeah, pretty exciting Yeah, follow baby well. races, this is a good day to be paying attention to with a couple of stakes at Ellis Park and, of course, you know, your, your typical, in a good way, Saratoga Fair as well. But we're going to start off on the West Coast going in a little bit of reverse order that we typically do on these shows. 7-12 Eastern is race number five. On Sunday at Del Mar, we've got two-year-old maiden fillies going a mile on the turf. One caught my eye in here, Sean, but I want to hear what you think is going to happen. Well, the the, the horse Helen's well coming over, first-time starter for Phil D'Amato, uh, being from the Kodiak Sire line. Uh, looks like an interesting horse. A lot of times, uh, these agents that are able to pick out the horses from Europe uh, especially the ones that, that look like they might like firm going uh, and send them over here. They, they tend to uh, to run pretty well, especially two-year-olds. So Phil D'Amato's had success with Euros coming over here with one or two starts under the belts. You get a top jockey in Rispoli. Uh, I would think this horse is well meant. Certainly the uh, the tap at homebred for LNJ Foxwoods is another one with Flavian Pratt and Hall of Famer Rich Mandela. Um She's a half-sister to Dog Tag, who's a multiple-grade stakes place filly on the turf. So the pedigree suggests uh, this filly should also like the two turns around the turf. That was the one I was going to mention, Hemmerly, for the LMJ Foxwoods team. Not easy to win going this distance first out, but one trainer that I think can probably do it better than the average trainer is uh, Richard Mandela. And you talked about the, the pedigree on this gray can't wait to get to see this one in the flesh, but uh, certainly by Tappet and with that turf pedigree on the dam side, looks to take a lot of beating. The, the the other one you mentioned, number three, Helen's Well, certainly makes sense. The D'Amato Barn having an uncharacteristically cold start to the Del Mar meet, but I suppose that's uh, possible to change at any time. Sean likes it 3-5. I'm going to just try to stick with the five in this fifth race at Del Mar on Sunday. Let's talk about Ellis Park, my friend, and we'll go right to two-year-old Philly stakes action with 125000 in the pot going seven furlongs in the run-happy Ellis Park debutante stakes. I was pretty intrigued by number four, very little sense, really a pace angle here. I suppose the question is, can this one stretch out from the five to the seven? But being by Golden Sense out of an arch mare, I was thinking very little sense. Made all the sense in the world being able to put the sword to this field early. What did you like in here? I'd have to agree with you that uh, if very little sense runs back to the last uh, maiden breaking victory, 70 buyer winning by two and a half. Looks like uh, that, could, that could be a winning race in this field as well. I was taken kind of by uh, the outside horse, Chopin Drive. Super Saver over Distorted Humor Mare. That's the same breeding as uh, Happy Saver last season's great one. Uh, Jockey Club Gold Cup winner and certainly a, a leading horse for to win the Jockey Club Gold Cup again uh, this year. Uh, that that pedigree and that that mating has worked extremely well. 
Um, the fact that they are are taking a shot here in the stakes race, even as a maiden, tells me that the horse must be doing well. Uh, definitely, I think the seven furlongs would be in this horse's advantage as well with the pedigree play. Um, so I was interested here. Obviously, I think you're going to have a heavy favorite, but but interested on the outside horse. And I'm even going to give uh, the coach on the inside there at the rail. The Mohamans have been running well. This horse has already had two starts, one first time out, came back and ran a decent race in a non-two lifetime. So uh, having had two races under its belt, that horse could uh, also make a, a move and, and be very live uh, to fill the exacto trifecta. If I held your feet to the fire, would the four very little sense be your top pick or would you pick one of the prices? I'd have to probably go with very little sense as my top pick. So we're in consensus there. Let's talk about the boys division of this race. The run Happy Ellis Park Juvenile Stakes, still that same 125 in the pot, still seven furlongs on the dirt. And Sean, we'll keep it with you. Yeah, well, certainly, um, you know, gun runner, freshman sire this season. I believe he's the leading freshman sire. He's uh, been on a tear with several stakes winners here in the past several uh, weekends. So the the Costa Terra, the Winchell homebred uh, out of the tap at Mare teardrop, certainly uh, the seven furlongs won't be an issue for this horse's uh, pedigree. I was also uh, intrigued by Lucky Boss, the street boss of Kenny McPeaks. This horse is actually cutting back from uh, one mile off the turf race. So I do kind of like that angle. Always like horses cutting back. And uh, that horse also has speed. So having speed over this track already uh, and cutting back an uh, extra furlong, it, that, I, I find that horse quite interesting. I'm interested to see how the seven candy landing runs. Just on pace figures has a chance to be very forward. Has that maiden win to build off of. Obviously, it all went wrong in the Sanford, but uh, that was pretty pretty serious form. This is surely an easier group. I don't love the five to two but I wonder if that price has a chance to drift up on, on Candy Landing. I would make Costa Terra my top pick as well for the attributes that you mentioned. Bet on debut, tremendous pedigree, tremendous trainer who's hot at Ellis Park. I'm going to call it 4-7. Do you give the 7 any count here? Uh, certainly if it comes back to the to the maiden victory, um, you know, but 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 – there's such a disappointing race in its last. I do agree that probably it will be a drop in class. Um, got a, has a nice draw to the outside. I would definitely think it's going to drift up from five to two, uh, but that might because might be because the other horses uh, are much liver than than this horse. So I, I don't know if if the, if the horse drifting up is a, is a good sign uh, to play the horse. It's always tricky in these baby races trying to separate the, the signal from the value when a horse goes off over the morning line. This one to me, based on how bad that effort was, though, I'd be OK. I, I wouldn't. Five, five to two would be too short, but definitely one I'd use as an exact partner if you get the three to one, seven to two or a little bit better. Let's talk about race number nine at Ellis Park. We've got a two year old maiden for the Colts going one mile on the turf. Who do you like in here, Sean? Well, certainly Brendan Walsh, uh, his first time out, two-year-olds have been very live, especially for the Godolphin connections. I landed there. Uh, I like Hot Barnes. Uh, has a bullet work of 35-1 out of the gate. I like that, putting a little bit of speed into it. And the freshman Cyrus Stern has had some nice winners already, uh, being out of a street cry mare. It's, it's definitely bred for the turf. So for, for a pedigree angle, uh, this this horse definitely is, is bred for the surface. I also like the declaration of war, kind of the same angle. 
Uh, Al Stahl is very capable with first-time starters, and uh, the horse looks like it's, it's breezing well coming into this race. So those two horses would be my top picks. I also think Western River uh, towards the outside, the Tappet, full brother to creator. Rudolph's horses always tend to move forward after a race under their belt. I do think they always wanted to get this horse on the turf at some point. Uh, obviously, the last race was rained off. So I think the horses on the on the surface, they want the horse on. And I think uh, you, you should see an improvement in this horse as well. So um, I do like the two first-time starters. Uh, but I think the improvement with the tap, of course, on the outside and possibly Joe Sharp being live with the Keen Ice, who uh, is a freshman sire and has also had several winners, including on the turf. So a lot of different ways to go in there. I've got your full run as six, eight, nine, and one. And I'll tell you what, I'll mention two other ones. Um, I was a little bit interested in the three golden purchase. We've talked before about Ken McPeak doing well with two-year-olds going longer on the grass. This one has an interesting pedigree by Golden Sense out of the Galileo Mare ransomed heart. And then if the 11 manages to sneak in off the AEs, the twirling candy uh, for Brad Cox, it's interesting. Timeform US actually flags up that the Cox first-time starters at Ellis Park haven't been doing that well, which I thought was a little bit interesting. But this is a runner with obvious claims if uh, if he were to sneak in in this spot. Lots of different ways to go there. Let's go back east. Let's go come to right down the block from where each of us are sitting right now and talk a little bit of Saratoga, Sean, starting with their second race on Sunday. I was a fairly master of the obvious here, I think, with number 10, flip the script to me. Looks like a, a pedigree being by Temple City should enjoy the turf, I'm hoping. And based on pace figures and the aggressive rider in Saez could lead them in this spot. Flip the script was my top selection in here. I had a couple others to mention, but I want to get your buy-in first. Pete, certainly can't disagree with flip the script. Uh, trying to get on turf here with the Temple City pedigree uh, certainly looks uh, like to play, but but definitely the outside post is always a concern. Uh, going to that first turn, if you're hung wide, uh, the Dr. Jeff race, we'll see how that kind of comes back uh, to support flip the script. I was uh, actually taken more towards the inside and Ansel, uh, Bill Mott, uh, second time starter, the blame out of the midnight loot mare, um, ran a nice race at Saratoga. I think that was opening weekend and should improve. I, I would I would say. Ortiz here for Joe Sharp coming out of a restricted race. Uh, looks like maybe just put a race into it. Maybe wants to get it onto uh, the turf. So there's got to be some angle here that Irad has shown up on this horse and uh, looking for a big, big play that could uh, blow up the tote board. This could certainly be one. I like that idea. King of Sting, Sean's clever idea in race number two and your whole run. I'm going to call it five, seven, ten. Does that sound about right? Sounds right on. <laughs> I like it. You're going five, seven, ten. I was a little bit interested um, in another runner in here as well. And, of course, I lose my notes because nothing can go smoothly for us when we're uh, rushing to get a show done at the end of the day. But I saw some angles on the nine and the six as well. The nine, Kiss the Sky, had, um, had a dirt run that was a route, caught money. The idea of uh, following whatever Mike Maker decides to do at this point doesn't seem like a crazy idea. I don't hate the idea of having the nine on side. And the six, never say no, comparatively exposed. But I thought was one that might go better 
from a little bit off the pace and certainly has some notable bloodline. So I was going to list it as 10, 9, and 6 in the second race at Saratoga. Let's move on, though, to the, uh, to the final race that we're going to talk about on this show. Also at Saratoga, we've got two-year-old action going in race number five. We're back on the dirt going six furlongs for Phillies. Who do you like in here, my friend? Well, you, you kind of get taken straight to Tap and Glow, who's really run two winning races uh, so far and certainly has put up a, a buyer speed figure that can can win this race. Uh, my top choice is going to be the Jester Calls, Joe, Todd Platt, McLean's music. Uh, looks like some solid works out of the gate coming into this race. Um, big fan of McLean's music. Looks like um, he's he's loaded to, to be a top sire down the road over the next several years with the mares that he's getting. Um, but obviously positive sum, the, the, the pricey end of Jif, uh, two-year-old for Chad Brown and, and Clarevich Stables. You're still kind of waiting for a big popping uh, main special weight winner on the dirt for, for this group. Um, so this could certainly be that one as well. But I just uh, was leaning a little bit more towards uh, the Pletcher Barn in this situation, if you can beat the favorite in the two-bowl. I was thinking, even though Tap and Glow's runs have been rock solid, that one of these firsters might be able to step up. I was with you. I also went with the four Jester Calls, No Joy. You mentioned the case uh, being by McLean's music and trained by Todd Pletcher, but also just this work tab looks really fast to me. So I, I think the four is the right top pick in this spot. I was also going to mess around maybe with the nine. Celestial worked very well the other day, just looking at the tab precocious pedigree, solid first or sire and quality road, and a dam that's dropped three winners from three starters, two of whom won at two. And then Midnight Stroll, the five, another fantastic first or sire and not this time, and a flashy five furlong work to go along with it. So I was actually going to try to beat the presumptive favorite with the experience and, and try to get through here four, nine, and five. Obviously more clues to come from the tote board and the paddock in this spot any other thoughts for you sean on this race or anything else going on on this uh good looking sunday of racing oh uh i i don't disagree with you with, with celestial there bill Mott's, you know it seems like his two-year-olds have been running pretty well this meet uh just ready to get these new york pets bought over at the sale we got three good uh horses that were selling in the gainsway consignment we were leading consigner there at the uh open select sale we won't be the leading consigner at this one not with <laughs> with only three but uh three quality horses and uh, if, you're, if you're looking for a rock-solid racehorse, you know where to find one. Oh, yeah. That, there's no doubt about it. I can't wait to hear back from you about how the New York bread sale went. We'll check back in on our picks as well. Maybe next time we'll do a little update on the first-year sires and how, that, uh, how that's been developing as uh, the summer continues to unwind here up at Saratoga. Good stuff, Sean. Appreciate you uh, putting in all the effort today. And we'll be back with another episode of Baby Talk soon. That's going to do it for this edition of the show. We'll thank our uh, presenting sponsors, Gainsway. We'll thank Sean Tugel. We'll thank all of you out there for listening and viewing. If you're a listener to the show, you can check out our YouTube channel. Uh, and there's a lot of good content on there, including a bunch of episodes of, of Baby Talk and some other fun stuff you might not have seen. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you go to InTheMoneyPodcast.com or subscribe to In The Money Media's feed wherever you get your podcast. This show's been a production of In The Money Media. Our business manager is Drew Coatney. Our chief creative officer is Jonathan Kitchen. I'm Peter Thomas Fornital. May the hammer drop your way. <laughs>